Welcome, welcome everyone to The Enthusiast Life, brought to you by GamerGoo. My name is Mark Turcotte. I'm so glad each and every one of you have decided to make me a part of your day. Well, my friends, it is Friday, December 18th. And oh my goodness, it is Mando Friday. That's right, the finale of The Mandalorian is out. I have just watched it, and as always here on Mando Fridays, I'm just giving you my immediate response to the episode, and... Wow, is about all I could say about this episode. It's kind of funny. I was thinking back to all the episodes so far this season and how many times I've had that response like, oh my God, that was an incredible episode. Nothing compares to this episode, guys. I mean, honestly, there's nothing out there that we've seen yet that compares to the ending. I mean, you know, I had writing all my notes down, all these things that I wanted to talk about, like, okay, I'll mention this, I'll mention that. And then suddenly you have the very end, you know, the final 10 minutes, plus a post credit scene, which if you didn't know that, go watch the post credit scene as well. Uh, so many questions, so many things to discuss here in this episode. I almost don't even know where to begin. But I, I mean, I guess let's start, I guess, kind of at the top, I guess, of kind of this plan for them to, you know, essentially board Moff Gideon's ship. And, uh, you know, I love the idea that they they were essentially just using kind of their ragtag group. You know, we had Cara Dune in there. We had Bo-Katan come back. Um, you know, the the actress, Sasha, you know, from, from the WWE said she wasn't going to be in the season anymore. No, wrong. Never believe a wrestler ever again. She is completely in this episode and just kicking some ass. I mean, the scene of her and Boba fighting in the in the cantina there was just a fantastic scene. Um, you know, I just absolutely loved that. But but again, the the plan of boarding the ship I thought was great. You know, essentially have Boba chasing them and just have them not listen to you know the Imperial calls to just get out of the the launch uh, tunnel window or t- launch. Um, way if you want to say and the images of those tie fighters shooting out of that tube was awesome you know we kind of got that first person perspective i mean we get that in video games right like right now you can go play uh you know the latest flight sim star wars game and, and get that but seeing that on the screen the way that we did was just awesome right i think getting that in there i love this idea too of the dark troopers um you know having to constantly be cold because of the amount of power that they they use um, to to kind of fire up and just to to run. I would love to know like what is at their core. What is it that that kind of fuels them? Like um, I don't think it's a kyber crystal per se, but I would almost wonder if it is. Like was that kind of go back to Rogue One? Obviously in Rogue One they were mining um, you know the kyber crystals to use on the Death Star, and obviously just the the value of that in terms of creating lightsabers and all that are great. But I I almost wonder, and this could very well be in the in the lore. But if I had to take a guess, I bet you those things are powered by kyber crystals uh, to some extent. But I guess, you know, in the same sense, are kyber crystals kind of, is their power almost endless? I mean, do we know how long that lasts? So you know, why would they be using so much power? I don't know. Kind of going off the track. They're just thinking too deep into the darks, into the uh, dark troopers. But um, they were really, outside of kind of what happens at the very end, almost the stars of this episode. I mean, we had number one. Mando fighting one of the dark troopers, which was just an epic fight. And I love, you know, the the way that um, just the Beskar was just holding up. I mean, we saw him get punched in the face repeatedly, and that Beskar didn't even get a scratch on it. We see later on, you know, the two dark troopers basically pounding on the door, able to just bust through the door almost. I mean, they didn't actually get it open, um, but just the way it kind of just bent that metal like nothing, um, hitting that Beskar... <clears throat> 
you know, it's unable to to damage his helmet at all or even his, his uh, you know, armor and that, which I thought was great. Uh, but, of course, leave it up to the best guard just to stab him right in the neck uh, and, and take that one out. And, of course, brilliant idea for him to just open the, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the door and have him sucked out into space. Uh, but, of course, they do come back later on. And, you know, I was getting vibes of... Uh, what was it? Iron Man? Is it Iron Man three? I think where we have the whole just fleet of the armor suits. You know, the Tony Stark has. Like, I was just getting those vibes from that, where you just have like, you know, all these just mechanical robots walking around. And I would love to know if the team that helped create those scenes in, uh, you know, uh, the Marvel movies kind of helped here because it just, oh man, it, it was just great. And I love having that now. Um, just kind of in the Star Wars universe, especially, you know, just being represented uh, in live action. Hearing Dr. Pershing um, mention, what did he say? He said something about the Dark Troopers and, and somebody asked, I don't know who it was, if it was Bo-Katan or, or uh, um, Cara Dune mentioned, you know, who's inside the Troopers. And he just said, well, no, they're the third generation. Like we solved the one final issue and that's the human inside. So that was just a cool statement, I think. You know, I've never heard it kind of referred to that way. I thought that was um, just kind of neat, you know, to ha- kind of hear him say that. Um, you know, in the very beginning, obviously, we got, you know, the, those two Imperial uh, pilots kind of flying when they, they board the ship and, and capture Dr. Pershing. Uh, but we get lots of confirmation. I mean, we kind of knew he was a, a clone engineer anyways. But I just thought that was kind of um, impressive, kind of how they, they showed or kind of had him talking a little bit more about, like, do you know who this is? Like, he's a, a clone engineer. Um that was awesome. Uh, but, but of course, the battle to get to the bridge um, was just a great, great scene. Basically having, you know, four powerful women in the Star Wars universe just kicking some butt. You know, I love the one scene where, you know, they kind of start running across a bridge and the two, uh, you know, Mandos kind of jump off the side. And then, you know, Karen Fennec kind of get stuck on that bridge. And then, you know, the Mandos come back and kind of clear the way for the troopers. Um, I mean, they had no, no, no hope at all. Those troopers, unfortunately, uh, when you had the kind of that team uh, coming at you, just just lay down your weapon and, and you're done. You got to be done at that point. Um, I think, uh, you know, the the twist that they kind of put into it with the Darksaber, because they did kind of set it up when Bo-Katan said, like, you know, no matter what, I, Moff Gideon has to um, surrender to me. And I remember thinking in my head, like, well, what's the big deal? Like, does it matter? Like, you get him, you know, you, you, you kill him. But really, she was saying that because whoever he was to surrender to becomes the leader and basically takes up the throne of Mandalore. And we ultimately find that out after the battle between Mando and and Moff Gideon that suddenly now the Mando is the leader of Mandalore and now of course that's how this this episode ends right it ends with that in mind that you know he he's now left with Fennec well not necessarily with Fennec anymore but with uh Bo-Katan and uh he's the leader of Mandalore and you know I was kind of hoping that we were going to get to see that battle for Mandalore um at some point that's kind of where the series was going and I think his story is going to go that way and we're going to talk in a little bit about where I think you know the, the post-credit scene and all that is going, um, or where the series is going, at least in the immediate future. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of how it ends with that. And so, you know, I love Moff Gideon just kind of like narrating it like, Haha, you got me, but you know what? In the end, I also kind of got you because Bo-Katan, all she's ever wanted was just to chase me basically and take this saber back and lead her people. But instead, I, even though I lost my fight to you, I screw, was able to screw her over by giving you the katana. I think you know him just um, just being kind of the the vector for that for us um, was just awesome. I, I thought that was just a great 
great kind of thing. Now, the fight between Mando and Moff Gideon, man, just just an awesome, awesome fight. You know, it really, I'm not going to say it was over the top like when you see like Anakin and Obi-Wan fighting in episode three and they're bouncing all over the place. Obviously, we're not getting that. These aren't Jedi fighting, but it wasn't the slow Obi-Wan Darth Vader fight with the lightsaber, right? It, it had that feeling again of kind of what you got with uh, like Rey and Kylo, kind of how just it, it's... When they swing those sabers, it's with purpose. And I think, you know, Giancarlo Esposito, like, did a great job at swinging that dark saber. You know, I mean, obviously, man, no fighting with the spear. We've seen that before. Um, but I thought it was just a great, great battle. You know, it's going to now be added to the list of many uh, lightsaber battles we've seen. But, of course, this time we're using some Beskar on one side. And I thought, you know, just how fitting it was, of course, that the dark saber can cut through anything. But Beskar and like all the episodes leading up to this moment, like everything we've seen the Mando do when it comes to Beskar all led up to this moment of him being able to battle Moff Gideon with that Darksaber. And it just, oh God, it was great. Like cutting through the wall, watching him. You know, at one point you see the Saber on the Beskar and it's lighting up just from the heat. You know, it can't break it, but it's just, oh, it was just awesome. I loved it. Um, and of course, you know, then of course he is able to um, disarm him and uh, get Grogu. And, you know, actually, at one point, man, I, I was almost on the fence. Like, Gideon had me thinking, is he really going to let him take the child? Because if you think about it, like I've been saying here on these last couple uh, review shows, like, all the Mando has and, and cares about is Grogu. It's everything to him. So, you know, Bo-Katan, like, yeah, she's, she's somebody he is somewhat loyal to because they've cut deals before and she's honored the deal and he's, you know, going to honor it back by getting the saber to her. Um and then it kind of had me wondering, well, you know, if he has the chance just to take Rogu, would he do that and just leave? Like, call Boba Fett and be like, let's go. You know, what? what's the point here? Because really, in the end, like, what does he care if Moff, can, Moff Gideon kind of continues on? But, of course, Moff Gideon didn't have plans to do that at all. You know, he tries to come at him. And luckily, again, he had the best car that it was able to, um, you know... Uh, um, basically, you know, deflect off the dark saber and he's able to, uh, to live. Um, let's see what else. Uh, you know, I love that the, when they finally get Gideon back to the room and he's going through the whole commentary of, you know, he's the leader. Now you have to battle, you have to lose in a battle. And you know, man, Mando's just like, it's fine. I yield it. And they're like, Nope, can't do that. That's not like, the loyal way to do it. And it just, it makes you think about just how much the characters that we've been introduced to in this series really stand by their merits. Like Mando not wanting to take the helmet off. Like the fact that, uh, you know, Mayfield saw his, his face and just says, Oh, don't worry about it. It's fine. No, like you've seen my face. And now obviously more people by the end of this episode sees it, including Grogu, which, you know, I think Mando just felt that he owed it to him. But I think, that scene as well is now an acknowledgement that Mando is maybe realizing that sticking to those merits and sticking to the, those, um, you know, uh, just to what he's kind of committed himself to maybe was not the way, right? Maybe now he is officially kind of loosening up a little bit and going to the way of Bo-Katan because in the end now, if he's going to be the leader of Mandalore, uh, you know, he needs many, many Mandalorians on his side. And we've already heard Bo-Katan saying that, you know, the sect that he's a part of kind of is just like this fringe, and I don't think she uses this term, but almost like cult-like group of Mandalorians, right? Who are kind of just like this extremist, if you want to say. So it seems like they would be more in the minority and that Bo-Katan and, you know, her kind of 
um, cast of Mandalorians would be the more common. You're, you're going to have more of them kind of falling that way, where helmets are off, which, of course, we've seen that in Clone Wars and Rebels and all that. that those are the Mandalorians that we've seen. So we know that almost for a fact, that that is the majority um, of the Mandalorian. So I think he's kind of realizing he needs to um, follow that way. But in the same sense, and when I said people sticking to their merits, is now that you know Mandalorian's basically handing her the saber saying, take it. Bo-Katan now suddenly we find has her own, you know, uh, ways that she can't let go. And that is that just because you wield the saber, if you didn't win it in a fight, it doesn't matter. Like you can hold that saber all you want, but you didn't win it and it doesn't matter. Like you will not be the leader of Mandalore. Din, you know, the Mandalorian is the leader because he, he was able to fight and win it from whoever was wielding it before him. Um, so, you know, maybe maybe down the line we see that. Maybe we see a fight between them. I don't know. You know, if anything, I think that's now going to create some animosity. So even if this series and his story continues to, you know, become that, let's take Mandalore back that I was kind of hoping it would be, and Bo-Katan kind of goes along with it because in the end she just wants her people to get their planet back. Um, you know, maybe, maybe still there's always going to be that animosity. And somewhere down the line we will get that battle between her uh, and Mando, which, um, you know, would be pretty, pretty epic, I think. Um, all right. We got to talk about, obviously, the Jedi who responds. I mean, the scene of all the dark troopers coming back onto the ship, I thought that was awesome. I mean, immediately when when they said, you know, oh, we're being boarded, I'm thinking like, oh, my God, is this a whole other fleet of, of troopers? What is it? And then it's like, no, it's the obvious. It's the dark troopers. They're not going to go out into space and die. They're just robots. And we'd already seen one of the regular troopers kind of fall through that shield off that bridge. All they got to do is fly right back through it, right? So they do. They come in. You get the punching of the door. And then, of course, we get the ship coming in. I mean, just the scene of the Jedi kind of through the security footage fighting their way down the hallway and, you know, just getting those glimpses. And I kept looking like, who is it? Who is it? Who is it? Um, you could tell it was a male at one point. I did see that. I'm like, okay, so it's not, it's not Ahsoka, you know, and I, I kept thinking in my head, like, is it Ezra? Is it Ezra? Like I just, I kept thinking Ezra, 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 Ezra. And then for a moment I was like, what? Maybe not. And then I, you see the glove and I was like, well, he's got a glove on. Did Ezra lose his hand? I'm trying to think back to rebels. Like, was that a thing? And then I'm like, well, we know Luke loses his hand. And then I'm like, no, it couldn't be Luke. Could it? But it could. It's got the green saber. Yes, it could be Luke. And then, you know, and, and then, of course, Grogu kind of touching his hand. I mean, that was just like, I, guys, I literally just had goosebumps through that whole scene. Like, I was just, I was like, kid on Christmas, butterflies in the stomach, goosebumps all over. Like, just seeing that happen. And then the doors open, and it's Luke. And they used the same technology they used for Leia in Rogue One. But oh my God, did it look so much better, like so much better. And I would want to know who was that standing because in my head, then I started thinking when you could see the bottom of his face and you could tell it was it, I was like, is it Sebastian Stan? Did they do it? Like the internet's been going crazy saying we need Sebastian Stan as a young Luke. And I'm like, is that him? Is that him? Well, no, it wasn't him as far as I know. I mean, maybe we'll find out. I actually didn't even check the credits. Maybe it was. Uh, I've been, actually, you know, I, I haven't pulled up here, um, but I'm kind of wanting to go back and see who who it was that played that Luke, because you know you'd almost think whoever that stand-in is would have to at least be somewhat, um, you know, kind of have somewhat of the facial structure for them to kind of map it over. Um, but maybe not. Maybe the technology is so far now that they don't need that. Um, but man, that Luke looked good, even way better than the Luke in Rise of Skywalker, which kind of looked a little bit odd, like when he pulled the helmet off when him and Leia were fighting um, in the forest. Just looked perfect. Um, I don't know if Mark Hamill did the voice. The voice to me did seem a little bit off. 
I will say that. Um, so maybe that wasn't Mark Hamill's voice. Um, but man, overall, like that was just incredible to see that. Like I had no clue that was happening. Uh, I don't think anybody did, you know, that that was, um, going to be, uh, the Jedi that would respond. I think, you know, deep in everybody's minds, it was like, it could maybe be Luke, but then everybody's thinking like, no, you know, they wouldn't bring Luke back. Um, but, uh, I'm glad they did. Oh, and okay, there it is. I just pulled up on my screen. It was Mark Hamill. So that definitely was Mark Hamill's voice uh, in there. So there you go. I just uh, went back and looked at the credits. So that was Mar- Mark Hamill. And, you know, when I say it didn't sound like, or, you know, it sounded a little bit off. I mean, I think it's more because we know the grizzled Luke now, right? That's the Luke we've been seeing on the big screen through all this. And, uh, you know, having a, a younger version of Luke, um, it was just, oh, man, guys, like, oh, perfect. Now that brings up the question, does he take him to the temple and <laughs> poor Grogu? Oh, okay, hold on. Poor Grogu, because Grogu we know was at the temple when um, uh, Anakin came in and just killed all the younglings, right? Now Grogu gets to go to the Jedi Temple and watch Kylo Ren and the Knights of Ren just murder and destroy everybody. Like, what is Grogu going to do? If if anybody has any right to go to the dark side and hate life, it's Grogu. <laughs> like... Oh my God, Grogu, like so much tragedy for the poor little guy, which obviously, I mean, by the time the temple falls, maybe he's not a poor little guy. I mean, he's a little bit older, but oh my God, Grogu, like my goodness, man. So yeah, so Grogu, he, he he's going to see some things. By the time we ever get back to seeing, you know, Grogu, which I'm sure is going to be a post episode nine world or, you know, kind of what the aftermath of that is. Man, Grogu's going to have seen some things. You want to talk about PTSD, like the the things that are going to be going through that poor little guy's mind. Um, you know, he's going to have to be the strongest with the force and strongest mentally out of any character we've ever seen in uh, in the Star Wars universe. You know, maybe maybe they're going for, um, God, man, just a, a just poor little broken mind Grogu at some point. Um but uh, but yeah, so that now now the question then leaves it where okay, so if we have Luke then taking Grogu and going off with him, um, our group of characters that we see then at the end of the screen, which which hold on, by the way, also um, you know I mentioned Mando taking his mask off, letting Grogu see it. I think now he is okay with the mask off. Um, you know I thought that was just a perfect ending to to this story arc of you know him going that way. I mean I even think we even saw some tears a little bit from the Mando. It was just. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. Of course, R2 had to show up, right? Why wouldn't? Why wouldn't R2 be there? He's going to be on the X-Wing with Luke. And, uh, of course, he comes in. And I just thought that was a a sweet little moment of uh, R2 being all excited, having Grogu, you know, kind of joining the team and coming along. Uh, I thought that was awesome. So it was definitely good to see see this R2 um, kind of represented here uh, in The Mandalorian. But, you know, our crew of people now... I guess we know Boba Fett and Fennec go off and do their thing. So take Fennec out of that group. What does this mean now? Is Kara going to be one of those new Rangers or one of the Rangers of the New Republic, potentially? I mean, we know she is kind of a, a law enforcement character now, although we have seen her kind of not follow the law and letting Mayfeld not only out of jail to go on a mission, but also just send him on his way and say, oh, he was lost. So what kind of Ranger would she actually be if she's a police force of some kind? You know, I really think uh, the fates of Bo-Katan and the Mando now are tied. I think that is the path. That is the way, essentially, is they are going to take that saber. And, um, you know, the Mandalorian, obviously, now is going to be just wielding that saber 
um, and potentially now leading a take back of Mandalore. I mean, Boba Fett, the way he's, he kind of talked and, and mentioned that Mandalore is just glassed, you know, I don't know what necessarily is left there. So it may not be that hard for them to take the planet back. Although I do want to say kind of remembering back, I think Bo-Katan was kind of, you know, tipping off that there is a group that is currently living on Mandalore and it may not be the ones that they, they obviously want. So there is going to be some sort of fight for that. Um, Moving to the post-credit scene, uh, obviously we get uh, what's his name, um, Boba Boba Fortuna, um, or Bib Fortuna, right? His name, yeah, I'm sorry, Bib Fortuna, uh, getting shot by Boba Fett. Boba Fett kind of takes the throne. Obviously, this is where you know um, uh, Jabba the Hutt. This is his palace. There in Jabba's palace. Um, so he's kind of taking that throne. So what does that mean? Like you know, we 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 know he works for um you know Jabba at some point I don't know you know maybe we'll get to see how Jabba rises and takes control I mean there is a whole storyline with the huts in Star Wars uh, the Old Republic so maybe there's some way that we kind of get that tied into this you know of kind of the, the the line of the huts um I don't know you know how that's going to go but I think the and the more interesting thing to me out of that scene not only of him taking the throne but was the reveal of the Book of Boba Fett coming in December 2021. Now, of course, this wasn't revealed through the, the recent Disney Plus um, stream that they did. And, you know, it had always been rumored that there was going to be a Boba Fett show at some point. Um, so obviously this is that show. We're going to get that now. Um, but what's interesting, and, and I, I don't know if I mentioned this on the show uh, at all yet, but I've been talking kind of offline. Actually, in the Patreon episode, you're going to hear me and uh, Matt Clark talk about this. But there was, there's not been, as far as I know, a season three of The Mandalorian in the in the way that we know it kind of revealed. I mean, you think that she would have mentioned that, Kathleen Kennedy, on the stream. All she said, when you go back and watch that stream, was she mentioned Ahsoka, and she mentioned Rangers of the New Republic, discusses how they're going to take place in the timeline, and then says, the story will continue holiday 2021. We now know it's going to be the book of Boba Fett. So season three of The Mandalorian, I believe, is that, is the book of Boba Fett. So it's not going to be, you know, that's not the name of the show. The name of the show is The Mandalorian, and it now is the book of Boba Fett. We just saw the first two, or I'm sorry, the first 16 chapters of the overall Mandalorian book, if you want to say. If you notice, they've labeled these all chapters. And so we now finished the first book of the Mandalorian. Now the second book of the Mandalorian is the book of Boba Fett. And then we're going to get chapter one and it's all kind of one series. That's the series of the Mandalorian, which I think I never would have thought. I mean, I I thought at some point they would be, you know, maybe like Mando taking up the mantle of Boba Fett. Like I thought Boba Boba was going to die maybe in this episode. And then, you know, Din was going to put on the helmet and he was going to suddenly be Boba Fett. But no, like Din's story right now kind of I think is ended for for the foreseeable future and the next book of the Mandalorian is the book of Boba Fett and that's where it's going to be going from here on um just just a neat little twist and kind of what a lot of people have been wanting for a while right um I think it's great I think it's so cool I think it's it's a perfect way for them to do it and you know it then makes sense of Kathleen saying that the story um of the timeline of the Mandalorian is going to culminate, you know, in some greater moment still could be the battle for Mandalore. Like maybe that still is where it's going to be, but now you're going to have all these other shows tying into this. Um, I think is awesome. All these different books 
of the Mandalorian uh, is great. But man, what what a finale! Like I almost, I honestly got to say, I think it was just near perfect. Like there wasn't anything that I walked away with like questioning, like why would they make that decision? Like it was, there were shocking moments. The the separation of Din and Grogu was perfect. Um, there was just so much. I mean, you have a post credit scene that just blew my mind. Um, obviously, Luke showing up. The Dark Troopers were badass. The battle between Moff Gideon and Mando was, again, almost near perfect. Like, there was just so much about it that was great. Um, and, you know, I, I almost couldn't ask for anything else. Like, it just really delivered, I think, on every 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 moment that <laughs> that I wanted to, uh, to have it deliver on. So... I guess that's going to be it for me, guys. You know, I'm this again, this is kind of my my off-the-cuff discussion of it. I think we are going to be planning. I was talking to uh, uh, Falcon last night over in the Discord, one of the patrons. And uh, I think we're going to try to get a couple of the patron members together. And we can kind of do like a, a roundtable just discussion of just the season. I think that would be kind of neat uh, to kind of get everybody together to do that. Um, and just kind of brainstorm like where does the series go next? Where Because really now there's two things. Where do you want the book of Boba Fett to go? And then where do you want Din's and and essentially uh, Bo-Katan's story to go? And hell, even there's a third thing. Where do you want Grogu's story to go? You know, like where do people want to see him show up? Do we want to get the Jedi Temple series maybe where you have a young Kylo and we get to kind of see what that was all about and maybe see the Knights of Ren actually kind of take over? Um I don't know. You know, I really don't know what I want to see on that side. Or do we want to just get kind of all these things for the next couple of years and then we get the Yoda-like Grogu, even though he would be younger. I mean, he'd be 100 years old or you know, whatever it is, but he can actually talk and communicate. Do we want that Grogu um, to be represented? Um, I don't know, man. Lots, lots to think about. My mind's going to be going crazy here. Uh, but please, guys, let me know what you thought of this finale. Email me, theenthuslife at gmail.com. And, of course, hit me on Twitter, at Marturka, M-A-R-K-T-U-R-C. And, of course, big thanks, as always, to GamerGoo for continuing to support this show. You know they've been a great sponsor here of the show. And, hell, if you were watching this and your hands were sweating, because just I was just getting nervous just watching this episode. Um or if you play video games, and of course you know you have those those sweaty hands, Gamergoo's got you covered. Head on over to Gamergoo.com. You can check out all the different scents over there. They'll give you four hours of coverage. And uh, it's even great for working out. They even have sport, Gamergoo Sports. You can go check that out if you're into lifting weights and all that. And It's a great way. I know a lot of people will use just like talcum powder. You can put the Gamergoo on it. It works just as well. A new scent is dropping too. It'll be start shipping on December 22nd. That is Beach Breeze. So you can go, you can actually order it now. But again, it's not shipping out till the 22nd. Uh, but Gamergoo, like I've always said, it's a great gift for that gamer in your life. A nice little cheap gift, something they wouldn't expect um, little stocking stuff or whatever it is. Uh, it's awesome. So head on over to gamergoo.com. You can use my promo code TEL, T-E-L, save yourself 10% off your order. And again, you can find that down in the show notes below. So guys, please, please let me know what you thought of this episode. Were you as blown away as me? Where do you think it's going to go next? Give me all your thoughts because I just love absorbing Star Wars theories. It's what I live for. Uh, email me, theenthuslife at gmail.com because I don't know if you'd be able to even put it into a Twitter uh, response, but of course, if you want to put it there, you can just get a whole thread going. Just hit me uh, at Mark Turk, M A R K T U R C. So until Monday, guys, have a great weekend, and until then, I'll catch you next time.